You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Welcome back to another episode of Huddle Up football podcast i'm tony joined by Corey and daniel as always welcome back guys the band is back together let's fucking go combine's been here yeah 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 combine's done um free agency is pretty much here yeah it's, it's time it's like the this is like one of the most fun times of year really there's gonna be a lull coming up but for right now, it's like firestorm. Like there's shit happening. You don't even understand. We got free agency, the NFL draft, the March draft. Madness, March Madness, the the Masters. This is the fucking meat and potatoes of the sports here, boys. Yeah, the, the meat and potatoes. The meat and potatoes. How do I talk about meat and potatoes in the combine? I hope those some of those boys ate their meat and their potatoes. How about that? Oh. Oh, grave it too. Anthony Richardson is a name that people are talking about with the combine. Uh, let's let's not get straight to him. I know we're going to talk about him, but obviously he jumped out to a lot of people. The MVP of the combine. Were there other players not named Anthony Richardson that jumped out to you? No, they all sucked except for Anthony Richardson. I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't believe you at all. What do you think, Tony? You were there. What'd you see? I went quarterback day. We did see the tight ends too, um, but not really as much as the tight ends. We did stay longer than I thought we would. It's a lot of fun. Um, I'll tell you, CJ Stroud's exciting. Like he looked good. He looked he looked really good. Um, what you what you just agreeing? What are you pointing well, I remember at after for? the combine, we we texted each other our top five quarterbacks, and CJ Stroud's my number one. Yeah, um, you know, and and I think he checks enough boxes. He's like he's NFL ready. I guess I'm ready to say that. Like he looks like a guy that's going to be able to step in and be ready to ball. Don't know who's going to get him. We'll speculate on that later. Uh, he jumped off the off the page to me as an NFL ready guy with very little downside. So he he he's the guy that stood out to me. I mean, it, it makes sense. I think he's probably, well, I don't know. Bryce Young's a really good passer too, but um, CJ Stroud is pretty smooth with it, uh, pretty accurate. Well, Bryce Young is, didn't throw, so I guess you know. Yeah, and I, I don't see on the pro day. Yeah, I don't. I don't look a lot into their what they do at the combine as far as throwing. Cause there's not a defense. They're not having to read anything. They're just throwing the ball to the receivers. Like you can see their footwork and stuff, I guess, but just, you know, looking through the season, I mean, CJ Stroud and Bryce Young were definitely the most consistent as far as being passers. One thing that did stand out to me as a negative, uh, Levis looks like a quarterback, by the way, he's massive. He's chiseled. Like he is the guy that looks like a quarterback. Uh, I think that his his throwing, it may have hurt him a little bit. I saw multiple times, especially on the more complicated routes, the out routes, the routes near the uh, near the boundary, he was overthrowing, underthrowing, 
those weren't, a, he's not as comfortable on those uncomfortable passes. You talk about there not being a, de- a defender. He was missing a lot of those throws without a defender being present. That concerns me. I was hoping he would be more ready. I was hoping he'd be more polished there because those are throws you have to make. Like those are clock manage- management throws. Without those throws, you're going to lose games. There's just no way around it. So that is a concern. That's maybe, you know, we had talked last week, Corey, about the draft not being a place, at the combine, I'm sorry, not being a place where we really learn a lot about these players. But now that I've seen it again, uh, with more of an open mind, I did learn a lot about Levis. And game matters, game footage matters. But for him to be missing those throws without a defender, that's a red flag. Maybe he's going to need a little more work than than I originally thought. Yeah, I think... I think what I said is the combine, you're more likely to have somebody move down your board opposed to move up. You did say that. You're right. Yeah, you did say that. And if, I mean, if Will Evans is out there missing wide open guys that don't have coverage on them, then that's something that could definitely move somebody down a board. Daniel, thoughts? I agree. I, I thought that Levis was kind of underwhelming. I watched pretty much a highlight of every throw he made at the combine. And, um, I thought for a guy that could be kind of maybe a wild card of the draft of like maybe a guy that people are pretty polarizing on, um, whether he could go super early, like a top three pick or like a top 20 pick that everyone's comparing to like Zach Wilson type bust, you know, pick that everyone's kind of trying to call ahead of time. Um, I didn't think he helped his draft capital any i mean i i feel like the teams that are in on levis are just going to be in on him and the combine didn't change anything and maybe what you're talking about tony the the way he looked and presented himself and we don't know what goes on in these interviews you know a lot of uh, teams talk about how a player carries themselves and how mature they are and how pro ready they are based on the offense they ran which levis ran a very pro style offense maybe nothing hurt you know, the actual NFL team that's looking at him during the combine and, you know, they didn't really think anything of it. But um, as a fan, you kind of look at that and you're kind of like, eh, maybe I don't want my franchise to take that guy. Well, I and I, what every Colts fan was thinking in the building. Go ahead, Corey. Yeah, and I heard that. So I didn't hear it myself. This is more just me hearing people talk about it, but. Um, I think he was asked, like, why are you going to throw at the combine? He's like, I'm going to show off my arm. And it's just like they were talking about, like, a leader, you know, as a leader, like LeBron, the example they threw out is LeBron James will be like, as the leader of this team, I need to do this. Well, we don't need you to tell us you're the leader. We, we, we just need you to show you. Like, you don't need to tell us you have a cannon. You just need to go out there and show us you have a cannon. So there, I heard, I heard there were just some things in his interviews that were kind of quirky. And then um, the, uh, something I want to ask you, Daniel, is like a month ago, me and you were both like, I think Levis could go number one overall. And right now, I don't feel that way at all. Levis is number four to me all day. And I'm like, I, I couldn't tell you what changed, but I, I was going to ask you if you know what changed because we were both, I feel like, on the same page on that. Like, I have a bet right now in the sports book. That's Will Levis going number one overall, and i that's not happening. Well, I think it was more of, and I completely agree with you, he's not even in, he's not in top two, he's not in top three, but I think it was the other guys that's changed. Nothing that Will Levis has done that's changed, but the other guys. So like C.J. Stroud, 
he he's come up he's been really impressive we talked about anthony richardson a little bit like i think that is the reason like you know we talk about needle movers like will levis like yeah the the season ended and everyone's like yeah but he's different oh the needle moves a bunch and then we're all talking about him and then the combine comes he stays here he doesn't go down but everyone else kind of kind of shifts above it just based on what they're doing so i think it has more to do with the other guys than him i can see that i can see that Another thing about Stroud, when Stroud came out to throw, it was a very strange feeling because the building, like it was full of Colts fans. I mean, there was fan, there were fans everywhere, right? There were all kinds of jerseys. That's a really cool thing about the Combine. Um, I'm, I'm trying to find ways to talk about my experience there and what I observed uh, because I want it to stay in Indianapolis. And I know that me saying, I know me talking about it here is not having no impact or no bearing there at all, but... If it's not going to stay in Indianapolis, I at least want to like revel in my experience there. We've gone three years now in a row. It's a great, great thing to do just as a way to spend a day. But the point of this is um, a lot of people who go there are from Indy. We heard people who drove 12 hours, right? There were people who drove a long way to watch just to watch this event. That that aren't coaches? That aren't coaches. Just people that went to sit in the stands and watch these guys work out. I mean, I was sitting with people... They were talking like, hey, I got a six-hour drive. We got to go. At like 2 <laughs> we're o'clock, ready for football to come back. They were like, it's time for us to leave. I don't know <laughs> if they got a hotel and stayed for the weekend. I don't know if they came down just for quarterback play. I don't know the God, details. I hope so. The point is people traveled. But having said that, obviously, the majority of the people in the building were from Indianapolis. Having said that, just because you live in Indianapolis doesn't mean you're a Colts fan. So there's my caveat. I'm done talking about it. When Stroud <laughs> took the ball... Every big play, it exploded. You would have almost so I, thought it was game day. Like Indianapolis fans, I'm telling you now, the fan base wants CJ Stroud. I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree there a little bit and remind you that a lot of people in Indianapolis are also Ohio State fans because they're probably the closest like big football school that's successful besides probably like Notre Dame, like there's a lot of Ohio state fans in Indianapolis. So if That's I true. had to guess more of that explosion was probably because of that opposed to the Colts fans, just wanting CJ Stroud. And there's no fans more obnoxious in Ohio state than Ohio state fans. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and if I had an Ohio state fan sitting right next to me, I'd be like, yeah, yeah. And he'd be like, mm, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I will say I know a Michigan fan who's pretty obnoxious. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Miss you, Carve. I hope he's listening right now. Anyway, um, the Combine. Anything else we want to talk about? I'm, I'm surprised. I thought you guys would want to talk about wide receivers or running backs. Are, are, I mean, so the wide receiver, so there seemed to be like a, a player that helped his case the most in every category, right? Um, and in my opinion the wide receiver that helped his case the most is fellow Ohio state teammate, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, if you look at like pre draft or pre combine draft, like mock drafts, Jackson Smith and Jigba was falling to like the 26th pick, the 22nd pick, you know, in the twenties. But now post post combine, he's, He's like the favorite to be the first wide receiver taken. He, he's like flirting with top, you know, 12. I know the Texans pick at 12. 
but Jackson Smith and Jigba helped himself the very most. And he was setting like near combine records for shuttle runs and 10 yard splits on, on his runs and like cone drills. He looks phenomenal. I don't know if you guys have any other opinions on the wide receivers, uh, but Quentin Johnston did not hurt himself at all at the combine. He stayed pretty tried and true. I think we would have liked to see him maybe run a little bit faster 40 because we were all comparing him to Julio, you know, that before the, before the combine, but um, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jordan Addison, he, he did very, very well. I know he's kind of the Devonte Smith of this draft. He's a shorter kind of skinny little guy that everyone's like picking on his weight and his size, but I think he just dominates the game. Um, so the wide receivers, I thought did a pretty good job. There was no one that really killed their draft stock in, in the wide receivers. Um, do you guys think of any skill positions? Like all the tight ends did awesome. Like this, this draft for tight ends, like remember last year when we did deep dives on all the positions, the tight end is going to have to be a show. They did so well. Yeah. I don't, I, I haven't dug deep enough on the other positions. Um, I, as a Colts fan, I was mostly concerned about the quarterbacks, I guess. Uh, I did see that defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh, uh, Kalijah Cansey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much does this guy weigh? Let me see if I can find it real quick. 281, six foot one. He ran a 467. Jesus. Yeah, everyone's like, is this the next Aaron Donald? And oh my God, he's from Pittsburgh too. Oh, oh I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. But that was, that was probably the only other thing I noted in the, you know, that I really noticed, which would be interesting to see how uh, his career pans out. What Daniel, do you know, was he a high projected guy? Not until the combine. He was like maybe a, uh, a late second, but now he okay. is not making it out of the first round. Guarantee it because of his workouts. So yeah. here's a player. So here's a player that kind of proves Dan, that proves Corey's and I points wrong that uh, he has helped his draft stock. Is that what you're telling me here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was talking about the wide receivers specifically. No, no like, but, but last about. week I said, and Corey said, I said that the off-field stuff probably helps them more, the stuff we can't see. And that the on-field mm-hmm. stuff, Corey said, probably hurts them more than it helps them. Right? So is this you the know, outlier? There's always, there's always three or four guys, like, are the combine stars that, like, nobody's heard of, you know, in, in the general public. Obviously, the guys that follow the sport – you know, they've heard of him and they're like, obviously he was great. And I knew that already, but there's always those guys that make their way into the first round or like an early second round pick because of the combine. And that was one of them. Um, I'm going to take the opportunity. Go ahead. What's the other one? I'm ready. I was going to say another one is a corner out of Maryland. His name is Deontay banks. Absolute superstar in the making. He, the stats that he that he put up in college like were not good at all because quarterbacks avoided him, and I, I think the the way everything in the combine like he he is the epitome of improving your draft stock. Now he is definitely not making it out of the first round. Before he was like going to be a second round steal, like a mid second round, 
but now they're talking about him being possibly top 20. The corner position in this draft is going to be super strong. There might be like four or five corners being taken in the first round. And he just shot up the board. Uh, I think he was great. Um, again, out of Maryland, he was, he was phenomenal at the combine. I think he definitely shot himself into the first round and was not going to be before then. Another combine darling that we have to talk about. We mentioned it before uh, a guy who's probably a first round pick anyway, but is now being talked about the first overall, like in many, I think it's crazy. I think it's insane. I'll look at DraftKings while you're saying this. But I am seeing mock drafts where teams are trading up to the first overall pick for Anthony Richardson. I saw it today, and the team was the Colts. And the team was the Colts. It was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Now, Melissa. Why? Melissa's a sounding board for me. Sometimes I get a little bit emotional. Sometimes I say things without thinking them through. And she reminded now, why would me. You say that was, why would you say it so strongly? Well, I'll tell you why in a second. <laughs> Because he did a lot of good. I don't want to poo-poo on the guy that just showed up and, and really, in a lot of ways, broke the combine. But she said to yeah. me, Ballard, Ballard made it really clear. Ballard does what he says. She said, hold on, Tony. If Ballard believes that's the guy, he's told you what he's going to do. If he thinks it's the guy, he's going to do it. Don't be surprised. I personally don't think he's the guy. Despite the 40-yard dash, despite the high jump, Despite the freakish arm talent, like he's got, he looks like he has it all. My concern is 13 games started. My concern is I've got a first year head coach. I've got a general manager who's got one shot here. If we've said this before, I don't think this is Chris Ballard's last stand as long as he gets this pick right. If he gets it wrong, it's over. And we got an owner in Indianapolis who's really pretty much a wild card. Like, I don't know what the hell he's thinking. I don't know what direction he's going to go. To me, that's an awful lot of fucking eggs to put into a guy that's played 13 games in college. The talent's there. If we were talking about Andy Reid, sure. Fuck it. Send it. Let's go. If we were talking about, um, God, we're talking about a quarterback coach here. But it's his first year as a head coach. I don't see it happening. I think... I think that the ceiling is there, but the floor is so low. The floor is so low when you don't have a guy, you don't have a Jimmy Garoppolo as your backup. You don't have, you don't have a Jacoby Brissett, right? Jacoby Brissett's a viable backup that can start games and keep a team at least in the game, right? Like there's, there, that player doesn't exist on the Colts offense. And that's why to me, despite everything that Richardson did well, there's just not enough there. There's just not enough there. So you said something about his floor being really low, and that's where I probably disagree. I think he's so athletic and like he's like the LeBron James of quarterbacks. Like we've never seen anything like him. If, 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 the, if the guy can just develop a jump shot, he's going to be an absolute stud. Um, it, like his floor is like Lamar Jackson. Like at minimum you have a, like a very dynamic running game, but I think you can develop into more. Uh, you brought up Jacoby Brissett. Like it, Ballard likes his picks. He might think, Hey, I can sit here at four and I can get Anthony Richardson at four. I can get my guy because everybody's too scared to draft him. And my coach is very confident. He can make it work. So I'm going to sit right here and I'm going to get the best player in the draft. I mean, his ceiling is is probably the highest ceiling we've ever seen 
coming out of college, you know, just from the quarterback position, we've never seen anybody this athletic. I mean, I'm looking at 40 yard dash. The next best was four, five, two. He was a four, four, three, uh, vertical. He blew, he was three inches higher than everybody else. Uh, five inches longer in the broad jump. Um, if, if a coach can just put them in a position to be effective in the passing game and create a dynamic run game with like a Jonathan Taylor, for example, I mean, you're talking about one of the most productive well, offenses in the league. Gold? I mean, yeah, that's just my example. I mean, we're talking, yeah, about, we're, we're talking about, we're talking about the mock. I guess this turned into a Colts. It always seems to fucking do that. But the mock draft that we saw that had him 101 happened to be the Colts. So this is not about being a Colts fan. This is about the mock draft that we saw. Uh, so it does apply. It does apply. So, for me, I think he's too athletic to fail. Like, he, he's so athletic, he's going to have a spot in the NFL regardless. Like, um, I don't know. It, you brought up Jacoby Brissett. Like, in my mind, Jacoby, he's a free agent this year. He's a perfect guy to bring in for one year. The, the Colts fans aren't going to boom off the field when he when he doesn't play well because we love him so much. And we'll be, he's a guy we can be patient with while Anthony Richardson sits on the bench for one year, which is probably what he needs. But Jacoby Brissett is a perfect guy to start this year while Anthony Richardson sits on the bench. I I don't completely disagree with you, but if the the first pick of the the Colts this year is Richardson and he's not playing – that's because he's not good enough to play and Ballard's losing his job. So in, in what you're telling me now, like that's not good enough. That example is not good enough. I don't think that's what would happen. I think Richardson plays Jacoby. I think everything else that you said is true. Jacoby could be there as a mentor, show him some, show him the way QB acts, show him the way a QB works, all those things. But if the freak athleticism, that raw talent that you're talking about is not good enough to make him a starter year one, he doesn't belong in the top five picks. He just doesn't. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. He doesn't belong the first overall pick. I guess I'll say that. In, in, the, saying, uh, in yeah. this in this that we're talking about with the Colts trading up to 101 to get him, like the mock said, in that situation, he's starting. He's starting game okay. one, and he's starting until he loses the job, and the general manager's okay. out the door. Well, what if the Colts can sit at four and get him? That's that's the scenario I brought up. That's a scenario. See, I feel like that's totally different. Like that's the crazy part. Like, yeah, it's only three picks different, but if the Colts trade up to one and pick a guy that sits, I think that's when Ballard loses his job. But if they sit at four, get their guy right, and it's Anthony Richardson, and then everyone agrees, like, yeah, he probably needs to sit a little bit, and then he waits most of the year. I think everyone's going to be totally fine with that. So I think it's literally just where he's picked, even if it's three picks apart. I think that's the crazy part of this draft. If they move up to one and take Richardson, if that's their guy and he doesn't start week one, when have you seen a quarterback taken number one overall that doesn't start week one? I've never seen it. I've never seen that. So I think that's the crazy part of it. Like if they trade up to one and take Anthony Richardson and then he doesn't play. That's an impossible situation. Like, I, I, yeah, I, I feel like the same. Yeah. yeah. All right. So the Colts, the Colts trade up to one, they're taking Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. So yeah, someone they feel like is more ready. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree hundred percent. If, if they can say, if they, if they can sit up, if they're like, Hey, we're good with any of these three guys. We love all three of these guys. The coach feels like he can make any of them work. If it's Anthony Richardson, we're going to let him sit for a year. And we, if we get him at four, we're good with that. Pat Mahomes sat a year. Let's not forget the best quarterback in the NFL sat a year. So Taking there's, a big no, 10. there's no shame in that. Like, yeah. And but the, the problem with all this is Arizona's as of today, 
they made an announcement that they're willing to move on from pick number three. So say you're good with Anthony Richardson and there's all this hype and you hear all this news about everybody wanting to trade up for Anthony Richardson and Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are both gone, pick one and two, and you don't like Will Levis, you're That's trading up to get an Anthony Richardson. <laughs> That's a problem. Yeah. That would be a problem. You're trading up. <laughs> that would be a problem. But or even if or, you trade up to three and get your guy, that's different than trading up to one, in my opinion. That is totally or, different. Pick one, Panthers take CJ Stroud. Pick two, Texans take Bryce Young. Somebody trades up with the Cardinals, they take Anthony Richardson. Colts sit at four, they're drafting Will Anderson out of Alabama. Yeah. Next. We're, waiting, we're waiting until next year, boys. Oh, no. That's hilarious. Like, we're probably going to have a top three pick again. It's fine. But, hey, we, we did the thing we always did, and we just took a conversation about Anthony Richardson. We did a good job, and then we turned it into a conversation about the Colts draft pick. That's fine. What's wrong uh-huh. with that? It's not, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm just calling point of order. Well, then, yeah. all right, we talked about our team. We can talk about uh, Daniel's team. No, that's not what I'm saying. That's I think that's saying. a good transition. That was, that was a transition, Tony. God damn. Okay, I was going to save that for later. You want to talk about Daniel's team right now? do it yeah yeah franchise i don't want to talk about daniel's team franchise tags have been (laughs) issued and as i predicted the ravens not only the franchise tag though the the ravens have slapped an unrestricted franchise tag on their franchise quarterback lamar jackson non-exclusive calling his bluff is what's happening they're looking him in the eyes and they're telling him we're not giving that to you go get it somewhere else i fucking dare you Because, by the way, you're not getting it. Here's why they're not getting it. Let me get in. Let me stand on my soapbox because I got a soapbox. I've been thinking about this for days. I've been thinking about this for years. Okay, listen. Oh, God. Listen. Well, take it away. Here's what Lamar wants. (laughs) Lamar wants a contract that looks like Deshaun Watson's contract. And I I think the reason that he wants that is based on precedent. First of all. I want to acknowledge that the precedent is completely fucked up. Like the precedent doesn't matter because it was done by a terrible Browns organization that has made failure after failure after failure for the better part of 20 or 30 years now. I mean, the Browns have been a dumpster fire forever. They looked good recently. There was some promise. We all got excited. We were like, holy shit. The Browns finally figured it out. When Jacoby Brissett was playing. Come to find out (laughs) a broken clock is right twice a day. And that's exactly what happened with the Cleveland Browns. They're back to being a dumpster fire. Deshaun looked like shit. Like, I think he's going to be better. Like, I think he's going to go back to some version of the Deshaun we used to know. He's not going to be this bad forever. But it is clear and obvious that the Browns have overpaid for a quarterback. They're stuck holding the bag. It is fully guaranteed money. Whether it works or it doesn't, the man's getting paid. And now they're, they're they're just handcuffed to it. There's no team. Immediately as it happened, the entire NFL looked around. And they were like, well, fuck his legal issues. This is a stupid idea. Like, like, put it aside. Like, this is a really terrible idea. Because if this doesn't work, they're fucked. That's exactly what's going to happen with Lamar. It's no different. Lamar wants a fully guaranteed deal, just like Deshaun got. And although that is reasonable, the deal isn't. Now, Lamar's been great at times. I can understand why he wants the money. There have been other times that he's not been great. There have been a lot of times that he looks really inefficient as a passer. There's been a lot of times that he doesn't quite make the right decision. I can think about, not to go back to the Colts, but I think about Andrew Luck relying too much on his body, too much to make a play happen. It's a great quality. It's a great quality as a quarterback and as a human, as a teammate. 
as a guy who wants to win games. I'm not trying to take that away from Lamar. But the catch is he's not always available. And availability is the number one thing. I'm looking here, and since his MVP season, unanimous MVP, again, I don't want to take anything away from Lamar because when he's playing, he's electric most of the time. But since that season, he's never played a full season. As a matter of fact, the last two years, he's only played 12 games. Do you want to tie up that kind of money? Do you want to bankrupt your free agency availability for a quarterback who's only going to be available two-thirds of the year and maybe none of the playoffs? What good is what good is having the goose that lays the golden egg if the fox is in the hen house when it matters most? Like, what good does it matter? Really, seriously. Like, you're going to have Brett Hundley try to win the Super Bowl? Listen, that fucking worked once with, with San Francisco, right? But it only worked for so long. And when the shit really hit the fan and we got to the really good teams, Hundley couldn't finish the job. It wasn't all his fault. I'm, I'm not Hundley. I'm sorry. Um, Purdy. Purdy. Brock Purdy. I'm not blaming Purdy for that failure and why the, why the Niners lost. There were a lot of reasons why the Niners lost that game. It was a bad game. But that's a good example of where the backup can't overcome the greatest teams in football when it matters the most. So his unavailability, I think, is the biggest reason. That's the biggest reason. Now, the second biggest reason is going to be what it costs. So imagine a team is willing to pay near Deshaun Watson guaranteed money. They also have to pay two first-round picks for it. What? Like, that's ridiculous. Now you're talking about a new level of contract. Now you're setting a new market level. That's not going to happen. And if it does happen, at that point, the Ravens will laugh their ass off. They'll take the two first-round picks, and they'll crush that other team because that other team won't have anybody available you know, if, if anything goes wrong, if there's any injury on that other team, they're done. And the last thing, the biggest thing, the reason why this isn't, the reason why we're here in the first place is Lamar doesn't have an agent. This is now, this is the time where that's biting him right in the fucking ass. Lamar's mom is his agent, his mother, like I'm not making a joke. If you don't know this, Lamar's mom is his agent. Guess who Deshaun Watson's agent is? I'm not going to say his last name right. It's David Mulagetti. Maybe I did say it right. I'm going to give you some of the players that Mulagetti represents. Deshaun Watson, Jalen Ramsey, Michael Thomas, Buda Baker, Quandre Diggs, Kyle Pitts. I'm just going down a list. J.C. Horn, Justin Fields, another, great, another young quarterback who is probably going to get a deal. Uh, the Bears aren't taking us the first overall pick with another quarterback because they got Justin Fields. Xavier Woods. I mean, I'm going down the list of based on guaranteed money. I see Malik Hooker. I mean, guys, Deshaun has an agent and Lamar doesn't. And so unfortunately, I think Lamar's a little misguided. And that's, that's how we got to this situation. That's how we got here. I, just to add a little more fuel to the fire for you, Tony, uh, Lamar's played in four playoff games in three years. So that means he is one and three in playoff games uh, with a completion percentage over those four games of 55.9%, which is not good. And a three to five touchdown to interception ratio. Um, and they haven't made the playoffs since 2020. So, he wants a contract after missing the playoffs for two years, which also happened to be the two years. They were uh, in the playoffs this year. But he wasn't. Well, uh, yeah, he. sorry, he hasn't played in a playoff game since 2020. Okay. Yeah, they should have beat the Bengals and went to the AFC Championship game, which is crazy without Lamar. Yeah. 
So it, it, that proves the point even further. You don't need, you don't even need the guy yeah. when he's there. He doesn't play well. He does play well. Most of the time. I mean, he not really does, playoffs. but he's not there playing in the playoffs. Is my right. Yeah, that's the point too. Daniel, I don't mean to shit on him. I know that he's the quarterback you cheer for, uh, but I don't see a way around it. Like this is a crazy ask. And what's going to happen is another team's going to make an offer that ultimately the Ravens will match. That's what's going to happen. Mm-mm. Yeah, absolutely. Because nobody's going to make the offer that the Ravens can't match. You mentioned the Lions. Tell me the Lions offer. What What was the thing you saw today with the Lions? I, I just saw something that said, you know, so the cost is two firsts, like you said, but the Lions have two firsts this year. So, you know, one is a top 10 pick and the other one's like 18. And so the Lions can choose which first they give out. So it's the 18th pick and a 24 first, but the fact the Lions can offer him some 200 million guaranteed deal, but also have the cap space enough to offer him a super high first year, which hits the cap harder that the Ravens just cannot afford because the Ravens are like 9 million over the cap right now. So you would just be playing checkmate. You wouldn't be playing chess. You would be playing checkmate with the Ravens. I don't, I don't even know why the Ravens are even trying to negotiate a new contract with them. I wouldn't want them back for the money you're going to have to pay them. Go find somebody in the draft. Start Brett Hundley. Well, that's the thing. They don't have a high enough draft pick Correct. to draft anybody of substance. Yeah. Like, but you're asking me, would I rather have Lamar or a rookie? Okay, I would need a top three pick. Like, if you're trading with Arizona, I get it. But if you're trading with a guy that they're trading with a team that's top ten, what's the point? I'd rather have Lamar for two hundred million. And the reason they want him ultimately is the entire team and offense has been built around him. So it would be a complete, it'd be a total, absolute rebuild based on one player. That's the reason. Well, that's the reason they'd like to have him around. Well, don't forget, Tony. Deshaun Watson basically hit the open market, and he got like two hundred forty million guaranteed. And the team traded, obviously knowing that, two firsts, two seconds, and a third. Okay? Russell Wilson got a huge contract upon, upon trading. Also got multiple firsts and, like, three players and a third. I mean, the crazy stuff happens. It only takes one team. And, you know, we think about all these teams that have – just think about the NFL. There's 32 teams, Okay. How many teams do you think have a locked-in future at the quarterback position? Like, they could honestly say, yes, he is our guy. He's not replaceable. I think that's less than 10. 10 teams total. I was trying to think of 10, and I'm going to struggle after five. Yeah, you will, because there isn't. Like, that is the most important position. And if you think of how many teams are out there... You know, all these teams are coming forward. Oh, we're not in pursuit. We're not in pursuit. Yeah, we'll see come Sunday when the tampering period opens. Who's not in pursuit? Do you think... What's your butt? Go ahead. I was going to say, but I agree with you in the fact that I feel like the Ravens have a good temperature on the market. Otherwise, they would have just placed the franchise tag on him. Correct. They, They know that... Well, maybe they don't know 100%, but they know what to expect knowing that they're letting Lamar shop the open market. And I know there's, there's some GMs that are praising the Ravens right now. Oh my God, genius move. We can't let the players dictate, you know, 
like the NBA, you know, we're in charge of them and this is the perfect move. Let's take his leverage away, blah, blah, blah. But there's also the fact that some teams do crazy, stupid things like the Browns. It only takes one team that's desperate and they think and they have the capital and they can do it. Well, the ball is in Lamar's court, but it doesn't bode well for him. In the 30 years of NFL free agency, Sean Gilbert's the only player to ever receive a non-exclusive franchise tag and to sign an offer with another team that ends up with the new team. It's happened one time in 30 years. This year's not going to be any different. It's not happening. Lamar will be a Raven. He will either play on the franchise tag or the Ravens will be able to match whatever reasonable offer is made to him. We'll say he is 45 and 16 as a starter. So, Tony, to your point, when he plays, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Yeah. The problem is, is when he doesn't play, the team struggles and he needs to be available. You know, we always, what's interesting is we always say Lamar is injury prone and Lamar scrambles too much and he gets hit too much. You know, the two times that he's been injured that has taken him out of the season has been in the pocket. Interesting. They weren't on the scrambling, giving up your body plays. I'll just point that out. That's interesting. Saw that stat today, and I was like, I'm going to look this up. And so I did. And they are both plays that are in the pocket that got him hurt that ultimately ended his seasons. Well, that's good to know. I'm enlightened, but it doesn't change my stance. Yep. I don't think anything changes. I don't know. If I'm the Ravens, I ain't matching shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, Corey, to my give point. Me the, give me the first, get him out of town. You know how hard it is to replace a franchise quarterback. And whether or not you think Lamar is a franchise quarterback, look at the Colts, okay? Look at your team. They have done patch job after patch job after patch job. Andrew Luck quitting on the Colts has put that franchise back 10 years. Yeah. Because if you draft a guy this year that is the answer, it's probably not going to happen year one. It may start to happen year two, and then by year three, we're already talking almost 10 years from when Andrew Luck quit. I, 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 I understand. So it is hard to find a quarterback that is like, talk about a unanimous MVP. That's not because of his passing, but it's because of an athlete. And we're talking about Anthony Richardson being so great because of how good of an athlete he is, not because of how good of a rusher or a passer or any specific thing. Lamar Jackson is a good athlete, and it is just going to be so hard to replace him if the Ravens don't end up with a top five pick and luck into some crazy trade. So, what what, uh, what picks do the Ravens have this year? Um, do they have a I first round. Yeah, they have. I think it was twenty two. Twenty two. Um, if I'm not mistaken, let me, so let me just see. for example. Yeah, it is twenty two. I've got it right in front of me. So let's okay, say the, right. let's say the Lions send Lamar an offer. They let him go. They get the 18th pick. They've also got the 22. I mean, I, for me, there's enough there to at least start talking about getting into the conversation for a top five pick for Anthony Richardson. Well, here's the thing. Even if you can't complete that, the only option I see is a guy that is flying way under the radar that is currently hurt that I think could have been in the conversation of maybe creeping into top 10 to 15 range. And that's Hendon hooker. The old hooker from Tennessee. And he's recovering from an ACL and talk about a guy that 
if he would have like just not been hurt or went out in a different like draft next year or something, um, we could be talking about him as a top three to five pick next year. But there is that wild card in this draft that if Lamar goes and everything is all lost and you draft Hooker, he could be potentially that next guy. Well, but other than that, first. you really have to luck out. You really have to. There was one GM I was reading a, a, an article that commented that they would be absolutely floored if Hendon Hooker didn't turn out to be a very good quality starter in the NFL. That's just one opinion, and the NFL gets it wrong all the time. So oh, yeah. we never know. We never know. Well, there's plenty of controversy around what's going to happen with quarterback. Oh, my God. We talked about him so much, I forgot his name. For fuck's sake. Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Jackson. Well, we talked about Jackson and Anthony Jackson, so I was afraid I was going to say the wrong thing, and you guys got <laughs> gunshot. You did just say the wrong thing. Yes. <laughs> Plenty of Lamar controversy. Lamar Richardson is probably going to be back. Lamar Richardson <laughs> is going to be back. Uh, Derek Carr mm-hmm. also caught some waves. Uh, I've got, we had some other things to talk about. I want to talk about Derek Carr. I want to talk about Geno uh-huh. Smith. And we'll, we'll leave oh, it there God. for the week. Neither of them have to be very long-winded. I don't think much needs talked about with either one. Um, but Derek Carr essentially interviewed with New Orleans and then essentially spit in the face of the Raiders and said, hey, I'm going to exercise my right in my no-trade clause, and you can't fucking trade me anywhere. Cut me. Just cut me. And they did cut him. And he ultimately signed with New Orleans on his own terms, which he probably already knew beforehand because they allowed him to interview in the first place. That's pretty, actually pretty five head move on Derek Carr. Melissa sent me some information. Uh, Every once in a while, she finds something cool and she'll send it to me. He's made more money per touchdown than Patrick Mahomes, than Aaron Rodgers. He's made more money uh, per win than both of those players. He's like a really good businessman, or maybe his agent is, go back to Lamar, maybe a good agent makes a big difference here. Yeah. Derek Carr in his past has had, uh, he has had MVP seasons, never the winner, but he's had seasons where we talked about it. Does this make a difference? Are the Saints born again, knowing that Derek Carr will be throwing to Chris Olave and potentially uh, Michael Thomas? Are they born again, or is this much to do of nothing? I mean, I would, born again may not be the right phrase, but they're easily the number one team in the NFC South. Okay. Got the best quarterback. Hey, that's Horrible that's division. good enough. That's a yeah. Derek Carr makes him a playoff team, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but I also think that he's just a slightly better bridge. Like, I don't feel like they are now, you know, like championship contenders or you know, gonna you know, have a deep run or anything like that. It's just <laughs> it's kind of a, a kind of a placement figure, but it's it's a little better than like you know, a Matt Ryan or a Carson Wentz or someone you just bring in Matt, you know, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, someone like that. I feel like he's a step above those guys, but not by much. That's how I feel. I, I don't, I don't think he's going to change the whole franchise or anything like Drew Brees did when he came in. Okay. That's easy. That's kind of what I was looking for. Something short there. Geno Smith, three-year, $105 million contract. Yikes. Uh, talk about a guy who took a one-year deal to bet on himself after being turned throughout the league. I don't know how many teams he was on. I want to say five or six as yeah. a backup multiple times. Yeah, we're talking about the comeback player of the year. You, you suck 
That's like, and then you come, you come back and play decent. So you're the comeback player of the year. I didn't. That is a weird. What an absolute joke! And he ran away with it. Fifty-two, fifty-two million of it is pretty much guaranteed for the first year. So the man's yeah, making fifty-two million dollars. The I other mean, what an embarrassment is going to be spread out. Fifty-two million. Yeah, is that more than Badger Mahomes this year? I mean, what is going on? <laughs> so, uh, do we know what he got paid last year? I'm sure we don't. It was. I mean, Probably I don't like have it in front of me. Sixty thousand. No, it was. It's. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Probably like five mil or something. Yeah, but after the comeback player of the year uh, from sucking. Hear me out, guys. Hear me out. It's pretty front-loaded, obviously. 52 million. They're like, all right, you did great last year. Here's some money for last year. You can play for one more year. Yes. Yes. What what was the total of the whole contract? 105? 105. Uh, So half of that you're paying this year. Listen, if he has another good year and he's serviceable, they make the playoffs – then you're talking about having a really good quarterback for the next two seasons on the cheap. You're talking about a really good deal. I, it's it's another prove it type thing, but I I love it. I mean, they were good with him. There's no reason to fix it if it ain't broke. I, he was a top seven guy this year. Pete Carroll, yeah, he's gonna have to prove it because his replacement will be drafted this year. I you think they're so. going quarterback? Absolutely. They're, they're taking I'll, a quarterback. I'll do, I'll do a shot on that. Oh. Let's do a shot. Oh wow. I okay. Mean, What's you said? Seattle, absolutely. Seattle, Seattle Seahawks draft a quarterback in the first round. I say no. Okay. You you were all for the Lions not to draft a quarterback. One of them. So what do they have? Five and six or six and seven? One of those two. I can tell you. Give me one second. Uh, the Lions are sitting at six. The Seahawks at five. How do you not think they're taking a quarterback? They're rolling with Geno Smith, bro. I'm talking. So Anthony Richardson would not be the perfect prospect for them. Not after I just paid Geno Smith for one year, and then you can get out. Daniel, are you taking the the bet or not? Are you taking the bet or not, bro? That the Seahawks draft a quarterback in the first round. Pete Carroll already said today this doesn't change anything. We're still looking at taking a quarterback. Okay, Are you sure you want to take this? Never mind, I'm out. You're an idiot. <laughs> Daniel, you're an idiot. Sorry, I, I wanted to make it fair. No, Pete Carroll came out and said that today. I, I think they're going to take a quarterback, but I don't know if it's going to be the first round. It wouldn't shock me if they took a second round guy. You're talking about Hooker falling out the second. second round quarterbacks. Like if you're out of the uh, out of the top half of the first round, I hate it. I hate quarterbacks Wow, out of that range. Okay. I know Lamar was taking pick 32. He, he was different. He was a total wild card. But, like, other well, than Hendon Hooker, I will not care about anybody that's taken out of the first. Give me the bet. Five. Give me the bet, Daniel. Come on. Let's go. If you guys Pete, Carroll's a li- Pete Carroll's a liar. I don't even know if I want to take that. Oh, my God. Okay. This is, are you taking it or not? This has gone on too long. No, I'm not taking it. Oh, okay. right. what about you, Tony? Come no, on. I'm, I'm not interested. This, <laughs> this whole conversation has got me turned No, off. I will say, I will say, one of those two teams – will for sure take a quarterback. Let's do that. Come on. I'll take neither. So you already have Lions to draft a quarterback in the first or second round as a was, no. Are you going to oh. double down? Because I will for sure take that pick of the Lions or Seahawks taking a quarterback at the five oh, or six. I bet them Lions last year. But you did again this year with me. Oh, Lions, Lions draft QB in first or second round. You have no, I have yes. 
Double down. Let's go. Do another bet. A separate bet. Seahawks and Lions not to draft a quarterback in the first round. Okay. I'm, I'm all over that. Seahawks. That at, least, that at least hedges me if the Lions draft in the second round. Okay. Okay. See, Seattle or Detroit takes a quarterback at five or six. It won't shock me if Seattle drafts a quarterback. I expect them to draft one. They have the freedom to draft a developmental player. Then put a fucking shot on it, bro. No. Dude, you're going to have two shots on this. I want to say <laughs> that Carroll has been a player-friendly coach for a very, very long time. He lies to everybody. I don't know that he lies to his players. I, I think that when they, I'm sure he does. When he does well, either way, when the players do well, they get relatively rewarded for it. They didn't want Boys. they didn't want Russell Wilson anymore. They got rid of Russell Wilson, right? Like this is about keeping the team happy. And and what Geno Smith did last year was worthy of comeback player of the year, although I don't don't like it normally. Oh, Listen, Tony. he led the league in completion. When Such he, a company guy. When he passed the ball, <laughs> he was the he was the best at it. He was he led the league in completion percentage. He was sixth in the league in total QBR and fourth Boo. in the league in touchdown passes. So we're talking, you don't want to hear it because you're wrong. That's fine. But we're talking about a team that accidentally, did they make the playoffs? I feel like they made the playoffs on accident on the back of Geno Smith. I think you agreed with this. You you don't win comeback player of the year by sucking and then coming out. I do agree with that and and playing well. I do agree with that deep to my core. I agree with it. But now I'm, I, when I look at these things, no, that's the most improved player. He is the most improved Which player. Which isn't an award. Does he deserve but, an attaboy? Yes. I appreciate the game okay. of the contract. That's yeah. all I'm saying. I like the contract. I don't, I don't disagree with that statement right there. He deserved an attaboy. But did he deserve to beat Saquon Barkley and come back clear of the year? Absolutely not. I didn't not. vote on the fucking award, Daniel. I don't have anything to say about it. I mean. I feel like you did. You somehow squeezed your way in and voted on it. I did try. <laughs> I told him I was Matthew Barry and I almost got it convinced because of this hairline. <laughs> They're like, yep, checks out. You're in. <laughs> I don't know. All I'm saying, boys, is I'm looking at the teams drafting quarterbacks. Uh, you got the Texans, the Colts, Panthers are the best odds to have the number one overall pick right now, and then the Raiders. I mean, Dude, Raiders, Falcons, Lions. I'm trying to figure out how Seahawks and the Lions are even going to get involved in this. Dude, they all need court. Like like what I just went through. The Lions don't need a quarterback. Seattle doesn't need a quarterback. There's two-thirds of the NFL that needs a quarterback. (laughs) They don't need a quarterback. They're going to draft one. They may not not this year, but they need a quarterback. Yeah, so why not wait around next year for a better class? Because if the quarterback is good enough, they won't have a top five pick again. Mm, so now you're saying Geno Smith's a fucking dog. <laughs> no, I'm saying if they have pick seven next year, they're not getting it unless they trade up. Pick seven's pretty good. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle Up. Team on three. One, two, three. three. All I got to say, all I got to say is if there is a futures bet that you can pick 
that is the number one overall selection in the 2024 draft. Take Caleb Williams. Yeah. Seahawks can get him next year. 